Hello and welcome to Talking Opinions. I am Anthony Livingston Hall. Nothing features so prominently in the dystopian mess the Trump presidency has left in its wake, quite like his former staffers writing tell-all books about what a dumb and dangerous president he was. Except, much like the so-called bombshell revelations in their books, there is nothing new about staffers hoarding dire concerns about Trump to peddle for profit, instead of sharing them immediately to support and defend the Constitution of the United States, as they all swore an oath to do. In fact, in the very first episode of this podcast, titled Trump Spawns Cottage Industry, on September 16, 2020, I lamented that Americans are as hooked on Trump as they are on opioids, <laughs> because only that explained publishing cartels like Simon and Schuster peddling one best-selling Trump tell-all after another, even though each contained the same hackneyed gossip about him. Most prominent among these tattletales are former FBI Director James Comey, former National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster, former Communications Director Omarosa Manigault Newman, former Attorney General William Barr, and former National Security Advisor John Bolton who even defied a congressional subpoena to preserve the marketability of tidbits for his tell-all once he jumped ship. The title to my blog commentary, Decrying Bar's Tell-All, only hints at the utter contempt I have for these mercenary public servants. It reads, Republicans like Bill Barr value loyalty to party over country from march 12 2022 which brings me to former defense secretary mark esper the latest former staffer peddling his tell all you probably saw him on tv this week teasing viewers with ostensibly shocking previews of the dumb and dangerous things Trump kept trying to get him to do. The problem is that everyone has known for months that while his MAGA supporters were storming the Capitol, pursuant to an insurrection to keep him in power, Trump was at the White House watching on TV, as if he were watching a Battle Royal episode of WrestleMania. <laughs> I mean, what could be more shocking than that? And that is just one of the many notorious reasons why nobody has any reason to be shocked by anything Esper is now claiming. Trump tried to get him to do.
except that Esper knows as well as I do how hooked the American people are on Trump. And so he knows that, telling them today that Trump tried to get him to launch missiles into Mexico to take out drug cartels and say it was someone else will give the American people the same shock they got years ago when they watched Trump tell the police it was okay to rough up suspects. He knows that, telling them today that Trump tried to get him to order U.S. troops to shoot BLM protesters in the leg to make way for his infamous Bible photo op will give the American people the same shock they got years ago when they watched Trump tell his supporters to go ahead and knock the crap out of protesters at campaign rallies because he would pay their legal fees. He knows that, telling them today that Trump tried to get him to launch preemptive strikes against Iran and presumably to appease and impress his buddy, then Israeli Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu, will give the American people the same shock they got years ago when they watched Trump tell them to inject Clorox to fight COVID-19. <laughs> Enough? In fact, as I watched Esper sounding his belated alarm about Trump, I was reminded of what I began saying about all the norm-shattering outrage that followed him from the campaign trail right into the White House, which is that criticisms of Trump invariably say far more about his supporters and advisers than about Trump himself. Uh, to give credit where it's due, though, nobody seemed to know this better than Trump himself from day one. For example, like me, you probably scoffed at his infamous boast that he could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue in broad daylight and not lose any support. Because it turns out that he could even attempt a coup in broad daylight and not lose any support. This brings me to what I find most contemptible about tattletales like Bolton, Barr and Esper. Because, despite knowing the mortal danger Trump still poses to the country, each of them is taking pride in saying either A. They plan to vote for him anyway or B. They plan to write in the name of another Republican because they cannot bring themselves to vote for Biden or any other Democrat. <laughs> Talk about dumb and dangerous. They are so blinded by loyalty to their party, they can't see that voting for a write-in Republican as a protest vote against Trump is, in effect, voting for him.
which only reinforces the folly inherent in them regaling viewers with tales about Trump's stupidity, because they fail to realize the joke's on them for being the stupid ones who elected him president in the first place. Except these profiteering patriots are just taking their lead from power-hungry congressional leaders. After all, in the wake of January 6, both Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy not only denounced Trump, but said he had to be held to account for inciting that insurrection. Yet, mere weeks later, both were kissing his brass ass to maintain favour with his MAGA base. But McCarthy deserves dishonourable mention because not since Nixon live and Nixon on tape has there been a more startling case of a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in American politics than the one leaked audio tapes exposed recently between McCarthy live and McCarthy on tape. Much like Trump's former staffers, New York Times reporters Jonathan Martin and Alex Burns are peddling a book chock full of so-called bombshell revelations based on those tapes. In short, they feature McCarthy, who today is Trump's most ardent foot soldier, conspiring with other Republicans in the wake of January 6 to force him to resign. But what we see on display with these Republicans, from former Trump staffers to congressional leaders, is the looming triumph of tribalism over patriotism. And to give you a sense of why I fear this does not bode well, I need only refer you to previous podcast episodes like Online Comments and the Fate of Democracy from June 12, 2021 and to blog commentaries like Tribalism and Dysfunction in American Politics from June 24, 2018. In fact, Republican legislatures across the country are passing laws to suppress voting rights for blacks, and the Republican-dominated Supreme Court is poised to take away abortion rights for women and marital rights for gays and interracial couples. What could go wrong? Yet these former Trump staffers and congressional leaders would have you believe that they were the heroic guardrails that protected America from the worst of Trump's dystopian impulses. 
<laughs> but the most interesting feature of these tell-all books and leaked tapes is the unwitting way they show Trump continually outing the Republican Party as a cult of fascist, racist, and pusillanimous hypocrites and <laughs> exhibits A and B are what those legislatures and this Supreme Court are doing, respectively. I have often drawn analogies in this regard, in previous episodes and commentaries, to the rise of Adolf Hitler during the 1930s. Because, if you've ever wondered how so many Germans could have supported him, you need only look at Trump's America. <laughs> of course, this was before Putin's Russia so clearly took the cake. Uh, that's it. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow me on Facebook and Instagram. If you'd like to contact me, I invite you to email anthonyhall279 at gmail.com or use the contact feature on my blog at www.ipjn.com. Thank you for listening. And until the next Talking Opinions, goodbye.